I'm sorry, I keep hitting the desk. You're going to hate me when you edit this. I already do hate you. No big deal. I know. Hey there, I'm Jordan. And I'm Nick. We're just two regular guys who love talking about film. And now we'd like to talk to you. We decided to break down our discussions into three parts. Because everyone loves a gimmick. We discuss our expectations for a film before we watch it. That's take one. We give our immediate thoughts following the film. That's take two. And finally, we research the film at length to prepare for an informed and in-depth discussion. And that's take three. So if you love film even half as much as we do, join in on the conversation. This is Take Three, a movie podcast. Take one. So I got Disney Plus. Well, I've signed up for a free trial, a week trial of Disney Plus. But then I have yeah, the- you and ten million other people. That's not that's not like me saying, oh yeah, so everyone like literally. I feel like I saw a headline. Yeah, that said ten million people signed up for that service. So, I mean, yes, but. We don't know how many of them are like free trials. We don't know how many, you know, are getting the Verizon thing, which is what I'm going to do because I have Verizon wireless. So you get like a year or something like that free, which is dope. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's been it's been Marvel movie central up in my house for <laughs> I'm just like, it's cool because I do have Netflix. So a lot of those Marvel movies had been on Netflix, but the ones that aren't on Netflix are now on Disney Plus. So I have like access to <laughs> all of them right now. Well, except like the Spider-Man movies. But other than that, I'm I'm pretty excited. And I watched The Mandalorian, the first two episodes of that, and I am loving it. Nice. Yeah. My fir- my only problem with it is like so Pedro Pascal is the Mandalorian and I'm like, keep waiting for him. Like I wanted him to like, you know, take off all of his clothes and, you know, (laughs) you know, do whatever, you know, like walk around naked, but, uh, he didn't even take his helmet off. Oh, so you haven't seen his face yet? No. And I don't think he probably will. Cause he's, he's like, you know, like the Mandalorian, like, okay. Uh, if I say the name Boba Fett, do you know what that is? Yeah. I assume that that's what this is about, isn't it? Well, no. So like Boba Fett, I don't think he's technically a Mandalorian. He just wears Mandalorian armor. I think that that awful uh, prequel movie, I think he's like a clone or like maybe he's like born of a clone. I don't know. Something like that. I try to tune those out. This is about uh, he's like an actual Mandalorian or at least like adopted into that. You kind of get the idea that maybe he's like an orphan and has been – kind of adopted into the Mandalorian culture, but you know, he re- he wears that and does not take that off. He could be driving his ship by himself and he just still has it on. Sorry. I applaud it. No, no, no. I mean like, you know, I obviously I always want to see Pedro Pascal cuz he's incredible, but uh I really like this character. Good. I'm a big fan. And if any of you have seen The Mandalorian, the thing that happens at the end of the first episode is like why you need to watch it cuz like if even if this means nothing to you, I think it's just so fucking cool. I'm like so I'm so I excited. S- I saw the trailers for that show and they did not pull me in at all. Warner all- Her- Herzog being like really like slow and methodic with his voice. It's just all action scenes. That's yeah. all the trailer was. Yeah, I, I have no desire to watch that movie or that show based on the trailer. Here's the know. thing: like it feels more. 
like just day in the life so far. Didn't feel like there's this overarching like narrative conflict. Yeah, like he's You're a bounty still not hunter. Selling this to me. <laughs> well, no, he. Well, okay, but like, so he's like a bounty hunter, and there is a bounty that he needs to get and deliver. And so far, he's gotten it and is on the way trying to deliver it. And uh, it's. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it because it's. It's just really. It's like they're so short. They're like thirty minutes long. It's just really kind of like old school Star Wars. Like if you if you have any sort of uh, affinity for the first three Star Wars, like granted, I I know this is probably blasphemous, but like I really like the new you know cluster of Star Wars movies. I can appreciate th- that, but this is very like old school. Mm-hmm. And it has like a lot of Western and gunslinger vibes to it. I'm a. Uh, you just keep pushing me farther and farther. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I, if anything, it's funny and simple enough. Yeah, yeah. It is I'd watch, funny. See, I'd watch a comedy. I'd watch a Star Wars. I mean, comedy. it's not. It's not like blatantly a comedy, but there is comedic parts, and there's parts that are so cute they're funny. And there's a certain oh, I can't. Uh, but like there, are, there are. In both episodes, there are things that you will know and you will be like, oh, awesome. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just – it just makes me happy. I'm, I've, I've really liked it so far. Oh, good. I'm, I'm happy for you. <laughs> you have to watch them. <laughs> well, let me, get, let me get a little bit farther and then we can – I'll let you know if they're uh, – Do you know how many episodes there are going to be? You know what? If I had to guess, I think someone said that there was eight of them. Maybe there's 10. So far, we're on two. I'm just waiting for Taika Waititi and Bryce Dallas Howard's episodes. Um, Neither of those have happened yet, and I'm really excited. You know, I completely forgot that they were in this. Well, they're directing. Uh, Taika Waititi is in it, though. But I don't want to tell you what he is. Still, though, I feel like I forgot that those names were attached to this. Yeah, yeah. And that you've pulled me right in. So let me know when that happens. I think at least those those will have a little bit lighter of a tone to them as well. Again, this isn't like a dark show. It's actually it just to me feels very retro Star Warsy. The way I feel like I've heard it explained, I feel like it was John Favreau that said this, but someone who came up with the concept of this was like when I was little, I would play with all like the reject Star Wars figures because my older brother, my older sibling, uh, was playing with Darth Vader and Luke and Leia and everybody. So this this uh, show has like a lot of kind of off the wall, like things you wouldn't think that would ever actually make it into the, the actual movies, you know, kind of very strange creatures. And but then also I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm like afraid to spoil anything, but it's it's good. <laughs> <laughs> You're like still not sold. OK, well, let's I'll give up on that. I don't know how long I've been talking about Mandalorian. 300 bars. But Disney Plus is good. I watched freaking uh, Boy Meets World. I hadn't seen Boy Meets World in forever. Oh, wow. I guess I never really realized that that was... I guess I forgot it was a Disney thing. Yeah. Raven is on there. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. Even Stevens? Is even Stevens on there? You know what? I don't know. But like probably, I don't know. I if haven't looked at that. I hadn't thought about that. You need to confirm that tonight because if that's the case, then I will be signing up tonight with my with my parents' Verizon stuff. 
I loved Even Stevens. Yeah. Keep talking while I look it up. Um, Even Stevens is great. Uh, remember Lil Beans and Lil Shia LaBeouf? He was the best character, obviously. And uh, Ren, she's so pretty and and always the teacher's pet. And she sang about going to the moon in 1969. And Oh, my God. Do you remember that episode? Shit. No, I forgot about that episode. Shut up. I'm just saying. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> Damn, it's not on here. <gasps> All right, failed. I'm just kidding. It is. That's what you get. It is on there. And the Even <laughs> Stevens movie's on there. Oh, my God. It is so good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll look into it. I'll look into it. You showed me Chrissy Carlson Romano has some sort of like, was it like cooking or something? Yeah. Were they crafting has... or cooking? Okay. So she has a YouTube channel now where she brings back like child stars that have now, or I guess like child stars in the... 90s early 2000s she had um mara i want to say wilson is it mara wilson matilda yeah the girl, yeah. The girl that's the one matilda. we watched yeah yeah i would say and so. she's Let's, so funny yeah. she's great yeah that was really um, good and then uh will Friedle from boy meets world and uh she was on kim possible with him yes i saw yes. i don't think we watched that episode but like i saw that that was no. an episode too it that's started cool. off very cheesy like it was it's kind of like you can tell she's a very suburban kind of mom which is um, i'm glad that she that's what she grew up to be like i'm glad yeah. that she's happy and uh, she seems very happy yeah. yes but uh the one with matilda is great i think mara is amazing i follow her on twitter i absolutely love her so that was a good watch for sure well good this has been uh a hell of a detour to get to something that is i don't even think owned I, it's certainly not owned by disney i don't know you know no. what? I don't know. I genuinely don't know who this movie is owned by. We decided but, to do this movie like 20 minutes ago. But we have to swerve even more because I have some stuff I want to bring up. Oh, shit. Yeah, we should probably. Yes, let's talk about that. But I'm going to Google what studio this movie is from. But you, you talk about that because I totally agree. I just feel like I was not in the right. I don't want to say I wasn't in the right state of mind last week because I still had a lot of fun. I think I just wasn't all there. Um, with uh, the illness that I was fighting, which I think for the most part is gone. I don't feel sick, but I think my voice still has something. Oh, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to do this. The girls will know what this is from, but I want to see if you can, if you can tell me, tell me if you know what this is from. <clears throat> I gotta get ready. Hang on. Hello. Okay, hang on. <laughs> Sarah Rose knows. Oh my God! Why do I? Why is that so familiar to me? Hang on, I gotta do. It. Sarah Rose knows. There it is. You're a beautiful person. Oh, what the fuck is that? Why does Sarah that sound so Rose familiar to me? You have an unusual talent. Oh, oh, drop dead, uh, gorgeous. Sarah I Rose love knows that fucking girl. movie, and me I love their too. episode on it. There, uh, I here I was talking about Ghirardelli chocolate. When I could have had, it's just a missed opportunity. Yeah, you're right. Like, uh, completely. Let's go back and redo that whole episode. Honestly, I would. That was so <laughs> much fun. If you haven't listened to it yet, we covered The Lobster. We swapped formats with the We Explain Movies Girls. Such a great time. I did want to, so we brought up some questions in the beginning, and I'm not pleased with my answers. <laughs> that I And now with a clear, clearer head, I want to be able to answer them. So... I cannot believe that one of the questions was what was what's a movie that is great that an animal is integral Integral. to the plot. Why the hell did neither of us bring up Shrek 2? (laughs) What? (laughs) Because 
Because I feel like the movies that I brought up I like better than Trek 2. Oh my god, Trek 2 is a masterpiece. It's better yeah, than Mouse so Hunt. so is Finding Nemo and Dory. What? Yeah. <laughs> but so is... It's better than Mouse Hunt. Anyway. Yeah, most movies are better than Mouse Hunt. Shut up. Don't Which me. animal is integral to the plot in Shrek 2? Donkey? Oh my god, donkey. Alright. And dragon. And I thought you were calling Shrek an animal. And pig. And pig? Pigs. Oh, and... I was like, I don't feel like this. there's a character named Pig in there. I'm trying to think. Um, I don't know why, <laughs> but there's pig. just... There's, <laughs> there is a, uh, there's a clip on Twitter of it's just the... The scene of the fairy godmother, she was like, you've made me do something I really don't want to do. And they pull up to like a drive-thru and she's like, my diet is ruined. That's <laughs> one of the best parts. I miss that movie. I love it so much. Anyway, um, I also want to bring up the fact that I guess I found out later that Colin has a name. I oh, yeah. I missed that in the movie somehow. I still, you still have that. I remember messaging you that and I'm like, who is David? That's yeah, funny. I don't <laughs> I don't know how I missed that. And I feel like it's just the name, the main character's name. <laughs> I feel like it had to have been like once that they brought it up or maybe it was like the narrator at the beginning or something. Yeah. The next time that we, cause I still, you still haven't seen that movie and I would yeah. like to watch it with you. So we'll have, to, I'll have to keep an eye out for it. But I also didn't have an answer for the movies that I recommend. And I have one now you all need to go see Dr. Sleep. That is an assignment. That is your homework. Go See that movie. For the love of God, please go see it. By the time this this comes out, it will have been out for two weeks. And it's doing so poorly in theaters, it might not have much longer. So You guys, and that doesn't make any sense because it was so good. Listen, it kind of does make sense because uh, any name recognition that The Shining has, uh, the movie is not called The Shining. And a lot of people probably at face value didn't know what Dr. Sleep was. But it was, it's in the trailer. It's yeah, in the trailer. I mean, People know that they go back to the Overlook. Here's the most amazing God, part of this. Everybody thing. watches the trailer. That Well, that sucks. People need to wake the fuck up, America. Listen, I you, everyone knows how I feel about The Shining. I think it's a terrible movie. I don't like it. There, The Shining is very big in this movie, and I think it was a masterpiece. It was really well done how they included it in this movie, and you need to go see it. Whether or not you liked The Shining, if you loved it or hated it, you're still going to love this movie. I don't understand why it's not doing well. It really kind of pisses me off, and you need to fix that. I, I've I've not seen it, and it's just because I've been I can't walk. So, I I think that the the name probably did shoot it in the foot. Like if I as as stupid as this is, if it was called The Shining Doctor Sleep, I wonder if it had made thirty million dollars opening weekend. Like if that How? would have been. That is so shitty to me. It is shitty, but it's probably a factor. And The Shining, when it came out, was actually didn't do very well either. Right, and became and a I, cult. You know, it became a cult movie over time, and was way more appreciated. So at least this movie is like being appreciated now. You know, it's, it's not not. People aren't paying for it. So. Yeah, yeah, and it sucks. But I will say that, like, I don't think anybody in particular is really going to suffer but so much from it. I mean, Ewan McGregor already will be back uh, in Birds of Prey. Um, he was so good. The girl who plays Rose the Hat, I cannot think of her name. Oh, my God, she I, was so good. I think I think she has upcoming work I as well, so. and I'm, like, blanking on her name and that upcoming work, but I, I – she is a an actress that works and uh, does well. Uh, and then Mike Flanagan, I mean, did you see the 
they released a teaser trailer. I mean, it's just words, so I didn't actually share it with you. But like, the haunting of Bly Manor is is <gasps> going right now. I mean, it, they're yeah. they're working Ooh, on it. So yeah. I'm sure actually we, very excited about that. We we probably won't get you know the follow up they had been talking about with the Halloran thing or like a Shining remake. But I don't really think we need either of those movies. No, to be honest with you, no. And they even teased. I won't spoil anything, but they teased like something vaguely representing like a hint to a sequel. And I'm glad, like at the end of the movie, and I'm glad that they. I'm glad that those plans are no longer in effect. I feel like this movie is just fine on its own. I'm okay with that. I'm happy that you liked it because I know that the changes that were made to Pet Cemetery you didn't care for. And I've no. heard from a lot of people who have read this book that there are whole characters whose arcs are diminished and taken out and changed. And really? There are, for in this book? In what book? In in Doctor Sleep, in the of you mean the movie adaptation? Yeah, I I rarely see movie adaptations that are as close to the book as this movie was. Really? Okay. Yeah, it was very. I mean, up to a certain point, they had to change some things for obvious reasons, but it was very close. They took out some characters, but like it's a two and a half hour movie. It's a yeah. long movie. You can only yeah. fit so much in it. I think here's my thought. Job. Here's my thought, and I said this to you the, the day it happened, and. Or the day the day that I found out that it had made so much or so little money, uh, I felt this way about it. With the rise of television, I mean, oh, and I how don't... how amazing TV is nowadays. I almost don't want to hear what you're about to say. I just think that I mean, maybe not like the big epic, or like you know the big most popular books. Maybe that those can sell movies. But when he writes an 800 page book or a 600 page book, I honestly would rather have eight episodes of a mini series True. that is not colored by the fact that it failed at the box office. Like True. when the stand comes out, plug, mm-hmm. plug the circle opens really quick. Oh, the circle opens, Sarah. Uh, if you, we, we uh, shout her out um, sometimes when we talk about Stephen King, which is like every episode this season. Yeah. Uh, but I listen to a podcast that uh, does a chapter by chapter review of Stephen King's The Stand uh, she does a great job. I'm actually a few chapters behind. I need to catch up, but um, go listen to The Circle Opens. Uh, it's a great podcast. Yeah, too, she's amazing. And well, I guess what I'm just saying is I don't know how long that series is going to be. Oh, but the, it's a the series. Adaptation. It'll yeah. be a series. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it being colored by the idea of you know failing box office wise. I I want to give it enough time. You know, that's versus true. And cutting out things. I agree with you, and especially I've heard so many good things about um, this new Misery-themed uh, Castle Rock season. People love this season. I love that that's, that even exists. With Janice and. Yeah, so my God, so good. Um, I agree with you. I think I feared that you were going to say that uh, theater is dying, and I feel like that might be. Oh, well. I, that's a different discussion, but like, uh, but I, I certainly agree with what you're saying. I think, I think with his books, maybe the tv route is better but like this i don't know because this was still a good movie so i don't i don't know yeah but i mean i, I like some of the best content i've ever witnessed has been on tv you know what you're I mean? right you're right so i am in my opinion i think there comes a point in time certainly because they're on such level footing now where you got to call a spade a spade and say this thousand page book should be a tv show and not a movie that we have yeah. to cut you know in half and then cut a whole bunch of shit out of you're right. I'm directly talking about it now, but uh, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Honestly, I normally am. All right. 
<laughs> um, okay. that being, are we like, are we, have we gotten any closer to actually getting to the movie or do you have more things to say about, uh, I just, I just wanted to say one final thank you. Um, I, I'm very self-conscious if that wasn't already clear. So I think this whole process of doing the lobster kind of intimidated me and I kept wondering like, am I doing this justice? Am I going to make them proud? Am I going to do it as well as they are? And, um, at the end of the process, I think I was very happy with what we were able to produce. And, um, after listening to their episode, which was so good, you guys need to go listen to it. The, yeah, they're so much better than we are. <laughs> I, that's I, that's what I was, I'm like. Oh my god, they're just they're just so amazing. They I not think only... you did really good though. I think you Thank like you. definitely uh, did them proud, and I they, clearly they did us proud as well. I mean, it worked out really good. If you guys have never heard or seen the lobster, uh, <laughs> I oh my god, I just love this movie. Like I think, and I've only ever had it explained to me. I just You're think it's so batshit crazy. Yeah. This is definitely the kind of movie that I think uh, completely cries out for both of our formats. So, oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, that being said though, they not only killed it, they, they murdered our, in like in the best way. Kill and murdered is the same thing. They just slaughtered. Slaughtered is also the same thing. Uh, they did such a great job. Uh, they took the life of it. They did. They, they ended it, its life. <laughs> just using more synonyms for kill. But like it's, it's I don't mean it in a negative way. They, they no. absolutely made it amazing. I totally agree. I think that uh, this whole process was just fucking awesome. I really, I'm really hot right now. Like it's really <laughs> hot in my bedroom and I'm like sweating my ass off. I that's, also, that's like, the end of my but like great job to everybody that did stuff. Yes, yes. We can compliment these girls for episodes and episodes. Yeah. Episodes. It was like so easy for me. I mean, like I edited it, but like Yeah, you didn't do shit. And I would love to do this again. We should make it like a tradition, like a yearly tradition, but next time you explain a movie to me. A yearly tradition. I want to do this. I want to do this before a year is up, but <laughs> we'll see. I mean, uh we got to get them on board. But yeah. Let's just swap formats. Let's just take theirs and <laughs> they can take ours. Yo, as long as you always, if if you uh, always were the describer, I'd be totally down for that. I That's, it's the most fun part, but I, we could, ne- I would never be able to survive that because I, yeah, I wouldn't have any free time. I don't know how they do it. Long story short, we're doing Napoleon Dynamite this week. Oh my God. And I could not be more excited. Yo, like, it's like we were climbing a mountain, we were getting to the top, and then it's like, oh, it's Napoleon Dynamite. I just feel like there's there's been a lot of, uh, like, change to our schedule the last few weeks, and we're kind of getting back into the groove of things. Yeah, we did Um, a Tuesday episode and a Monday episode, and... Yeah, and Disney Plus came out, and that's a big deal, so... You don't even have Disney Plus. No, but I'm saying like that's where the the half the discussion has been Disney Plus, and I'm just saying that's a oh, big deal. So, oh, got you, got you. Maybe curb your attitude there. No, sir. I just thought you were talking about like, oh, Disney <laughs> Plus came out, so that's been affecting my time. I'm like, bitch, you don't no. even have it. No, but Luigi's Mansion, 
the the movie has been <laughs> and Pokemon's about to be. So Did you just say the movie again? I did, but that was on purpose this time. Oh, okay. Legitimately, I swear to God, I re-listening to it, I was like, there's no way that I said movie. And I actually it was I said movie and I was like, I cannot believe that I did that. That's I thought that was hysterical at that point. I don't know if you actually ever found it, but when we were talking on the phone earlier, did you find your Pokemon game? No, I paid extra to have it delivered today, which is when it came out. Today. And it's nowhere to be found. Maybe somebody stole it. I don't know. Amazon said that it was delivered, but it's not in the package lockers. It wasn't in my mailbox. I don't know. You should go before work tomorrow morning and talk to somebody. Oh, I'm trying. Trust me, I'm going to. I already went to Amazon to see like troubleshooting what happens if it says delivered and it's not there. And they say wait 36 hours. So if it's not there by tomorrow morning, I'm gonna raise hell. I won't raise hell. I'll be very polite about it. But. No, well, you should. You should burn the place down. But no, like, uh, I want that game so bad. And I'm like, I'm so far away from that because I don't even have a Switch. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I got a bias. I remember I bought a Nintendo 3DS to be able to play Sun and Moon with you, which is a Pokemon game. And you have not hers. picked up yeah. that console for years probably. <laughs> Huh? Oh, yeah, no, we played that game, and then I never uh, played anything else again. I played Luigi's Mansion for a little bit, but, yeah, I set it up. I bought that game console to play with you, and uh, I'm, like, not in the financial security area where I'm just going to go buy a Switch to play for a week and beat this game, and then... Hey, guess what? What? I wonder what holiday is coming up, and hey, guess what? Do you know how many people are constantly asking me every fucking year what you want for christmas no make a list no i don't want to switch for christmas though because i feel like i again i would play that one game but guess what my brother-in-law has a switch that uh i'm gonna ask him to steal it yeah go steal it hank does not listen to this podcast so he he does not know yeah i'm gonna break into their house and steal it so napoleon dynamite Yo, like you, you were like, let's do this movie. I'm like, what the fuck are we going to talk about this movie? And you were like, well, well, we can talk about anything. And it's, you're right. We've talked about (laughs) anything but Napoleon Dynamite. I adore this movie. I watched it all the time in high school. And that was probably honestly the last time I saw it. I miss it very much. And I can't wait to watch it again. Oh, well, that's great. That is fantastic. That's my take one. Okay, cool. Bye. What's no, your uh, take one? So, okay. So this movie, I don't know if I saw it in theaters, but I definitely watched it and was like, oh, this is kind of funny and weird and like not – didn't really think much of it. And then I don't know if you know what a PlayStation Plus is. Was it a huh? PlayStation Plus? I don't know what the hell. You mean a handheld one? Yeah. Were they, what were they called? Vitas? It's a Vita, Yeah. PSP or PlayStation Portable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I was like, it wasn't a Vita. It was before that. Yeah. Yeah. So I got one for my birthday. And um, it was like, it was like relatively new. Does this I, have anything I, to do I, with Yes. It? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Shut up. Like, you know my fucking story. So I got, so I, 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 like, I didn't know how to do anything with it. Apparently it had Wi Fi capabilities. We, I didn't, I didn't know how to get on the Wi Fi. Like, I feel like I was, I don't know how old I was. I could probably do the math, but. Essentially, I got this game called Monkey Ball, where you're playing monkey, you're being like a monkey or something. That just got released for the Switch, yeah. I love that game. I I don't know. PlayStation. I wasn't any good at it. That was hard. You had to balance the ball and and get it to the end, right? End goal? Maybe that wasn't the same. I don't know. But it was something like there was monkeys involved. 
and then I also got the little, it was like these little circular discs, like almost like um, GameCube games, but they came in these weird little things and you would stick it in the back of it. Yeah. And I got Napoleon Dynamite and I remember watching Napoleon Dynamite on my PS Vita because I was like, I don't, I don't really like this game very much uh, and I want to <laughs> use this thing because I love it. It was just so cool. It had a big screen and I was like, oh shit. And the joystick was like really cool. And and I was like, I'm going to just watch my little movie on this thing. So I probably watched it uh, like 10 times <laughs> on a PlayStation portable. I remember I was in uh, some, it was like an FYE or something or like a Best Buy. And I guess that they were having like some kind of promotional candies or something. And uh, on one of the tins, it said something like, I like your sleeves. They're real big, which was a quote from Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. And I was like, oh, mom, can I get these? And she's like, no, put those down. Like, bless my mom's heart. She's this <laughs> like religious woman back way back then. She's much more relaxed now. But she's like, I don't know what that means. Put that back. I think she assumed it was something inappropriate. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, that's, How old were you? I don't know. It's I don't know. Whenever that like movie came out, twenty four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's funny though. I could totally not see your mom doing that. So that I would, I like, that would was, love to have met like your mom. That would freak out or something like that. That's funny. <laughs> she, I, I mean, she's much more relaxed nowadays. Yeah, definitely. After three kids, that'll do that to you. But um, but yeah. Uh, I don't have anything else to say about this. Are you sure we're going to be able to do this? I, listen, we this is already our longest take one, so yes, yeah. it's going to be a full episode. <laughs> yeah, so like, y'all should see me walk. Like, I hobble. Apparently, I have like some sort of herniated thing in my back, and it's uh, on my sciatic nerve, and it is shooting down my leg, and it's stopping me from being able to walk. And I feel like that's how we're going to get through this episode. We're going to just <laughs> do the hobble. We're going to live through it. Yeah. But, but damn it, we're going to make it. <laughs> With the assistance uh, sometimes of a cane or <laughs> my grandma, uh, she passed away, but she left a, uh, like she, she had a walker, and I've been using that to get around my room at some points. Like, I feel like I'm. I'm 27 years old. I feel like I'm like 80 uh, with this stupid shit. I'm, like there have been times where I've like sat in bed like, uh, yeah, I really, really have to pee, uh, but I cannot get up. I mean, like I eventually did, but I'm like thinking, oh my God. they. I'm almost positive they sell over-the-counter catheters. It's a very easy solution <laughs> Yo, I called uh, this nurse line just because, again, I just was trying to get as many opinions as possible about what I needed to do about this, this, like, nurse hotline. Because I, I told her, I said, I I told this lady, I said, I've seen Nurse Jackie. I know you guys run the show. I want to <laughs> talk to somebody. And she's like, oh, my gosh, yeah, well, thank you. Wait, 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 you actually said that? Yeah, 100%. My God. Yeah, because, like, uh, I t fully believe that nurses are, like, the – the They're ones angels. that are running the show. They're amazing. Um, she said, well, you know what? You can buy bed rails. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, just drop it off. <laughs> oh, my blanket just fell down. I'm still under this goddamn blanket because this room is so tall. I have tall ceilings, so it's going to sound like I'm just a mess, guys. It's we, really hot in here. I will say, we didn't get a lot done this take, but uh, I had a really good time. <laughs> I had a really good time. I feel better. I feel 
I feel much more energized and I'm glad that I'm glad to get back in the swing of things. It's kind of like, I feel like I dropped my child off for the weekend at like a divorced parent's house and now I have it back. It's like, I kind of gave our format to, to the aunts and then, and now I have it back and it's like, I missed it. It's like, I want to go live with mom. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> mom has a pool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like it better at mom. <laughs> oh, no. We shouldn't joke about that. Oh. Yeah, probably not. But we, we say a lot of shit that we shouldn't say on this podcast. <laughs> but, like, I think it's funny that... I don't know. Our our format has a personality and it likes our aunts better and I honestly don't blame it to be honest. Yeah, I like our aunts better too. <laughs> they did a great job. Anyway, I can't wait to watch this movie. I'm so excited. I miss it a lot. Yeah, and I'm like moderately excited too. I'm more confused as to why we're doing this, but day two. I got a Disney Plus, or I rather I signed up with my parents, uh, Verizon and got Disney Plus. And I was like, this is a terrible idea because I'm going to go back and rewatch all the movies that I loved and realize that they're actually stupid. So I turned on Inspector Gadget with Matthew Broderick. <laughs> and uh, who's the girl from all that? What's her name? Um, uh, I think she was in Eurotrip. What's her name? All that. Yeah. What's the, um, I don't know why I thought like Michelle Trachtenberg was in that. That's movie. it. That's her. Michelle that's, Trachtenberg. She's not on all that. What was she? She was on some Nickelodeon show, wasn't she? Didn't she start on Nickelodeon? I have no idea. Okay. Anyway, and at first, well, now I, I had to look it up. I started, <laughs> I started watching it. And I was like, oh god, this really is stupid. And then I watched some more of it. I'm like, no, no, this is this is amazing. <laughs> this is comedy gold. <laughs> and if you haven't if you haven't seen that movie in a while, you need to watch it again because it's funny. The mayor kills me. Yeah, I. Oh yeah, she was on the Adventures of Pete and Pete. Did you Thank watch that you. shit? I feel like that was before my time, so it was before yours. I remember. I remember seeing like ads for it. Probably, I don't think I watched the show, but I knew she was from Nickelodeon. You've I don't not. Know if gotten... She was on like Figure It Out, or I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Well, she's Harriet the Spy. That's yes. where you probably know her from. Yes, yeah. exactly. Michelle Trachtenberg. Now, was she in Eurotrip then? Is that who yeah. I'm thinking of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, okay, so you haven't gotten far enough into Buffy to find her, have you? No. I don't think oh so. Oh, my God. Don't look up who she plays in Buffy because she's so good. I love her. She's like probably one of my favorite characters in Buffy. Yeah. The Vampire Slayer is what I'm talking about. Gotcha. Well, anyway, Pauline Dynamite. <laughs> I was more excited to talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I'll just say it. If you don't like this movie, you're a fascist. <laughs> <laughs> I adore this movie. This movie is genius. It is nothing short of genius in my opinion. It definitely feels intentional. The smallest details make the biggest impact in this film. And whoever crafted this movie... It's genius. To me, it's it's pure genius. That was such a pure movie. I think when I was younger, I kind of marveled in the fact that this is so stupid. Like, who would make a movie like this? But I think, you know, it, it makes more sense now that, you know, clearly it was on purpose that they did something like this. 
we're supposed to revel in in the simplicity and how simple and strange all these people are but like also strangely uplifting i feel like this is very vaguely an anthem to like all the misfits out there and it's like this (laughs) this movie is so full of just like shameless confidence even when you feel like you really shouldn't like kip is just the nerdiest yeah like like (laughs) this meek little guy but he has this this brightness and this shameless confidence about him that is so attractive and funny. I enjoyed it a lot more than I was expecting to. Same. I think that I was thinking, oh, okay, this is one of Jordan's movies that he loved when he was a kid and he's showing me now and we're not going to like it. (laughs) And like, I mean, I loved it when I was a kid too. I, you know, but like, I I guess I just didn't expect it to, to hold up. And I mean, in my opinion, this movie is just kind of timeless. Like, it's not really seeming like it's trying to say too much. It's really mm-hmm. just kind of presenting something, and um, you but can laugh, is... you can question it, you can... Yeah, but then, like, at the end of this movie, there's this whole, like... Like, I mean, you got to have your friends back, and you got to have your families back, and yeah. the fact that yeah. you just, like... Yeah, and, like, there are definitely themes in this film uh, that and lessons you can take from, but it just it doesn't feel like it's really preaching any of this stuff no. to you. It it just no. kind of feels like it is, and that's totally okay. Yeah, you know, I was thinking of uh, movies where the whole time you're just like waiting for something to happen. Like you're <laughs> like the whole time you know that. Uh, like if you've seen a movie before, like okay, in Titanic, you know, you're waiting that whole time for the boat to sink. Right, like wow, spoilers. Well, sorry, but um, the entire movie, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for him to dance. I'm waiting for him to dance. I'm waiting for him to dance. (laughs) And like, I love that scene so much. It is that it is short of iconic. It's so funny, Mm -hmm. and you're right. Like complete shameless confidence. Like I was definitely less socially awkward than Napoleon was when I was in high school. But there's no way in hell I would have gotten up and done that. Oh, absolutely. So it's just kind of like, I don't know. That's what I mean about like this. It's like, it's just sort of like to him, he has no choice. He's like, all right, like, I guess I got to do this because Pedro's my best friend. Mm -hmm. And it pays off. And it's just, it just, it just warms my, my little heart. There, the, the small details, and I mean very small, down to like when he was... I'm sorry, I keep hitting the desk. You're going to hate me when you edit this. I already do hate you. No big deal. I know. The smallest details in this are are what make this movie incredible to me. Down to when he was riding his bike off the ramp and it zooms in on Napoleon and there's that spider web caught mm-hmm. in his hair. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the cheese plate, this is one of my favorite parts. When when Kip is on the phone with Napoleon and he keeps looking back at his nachos, every time it cuts, the cheese pile gets like taller and taller, <laughs> which is <laughs> like so funny to me. Who, how did we forget your mom goes to college? When that happened, I think both of us were like, oh my God, yeah. do you remember that? Yeah. That we, was said all the time. I like, maybe I could prep a little bit more for this uh, in, to do it in take three rather than now. But I was definitely saying we need to talk about how quotable this movie was when we mm-hmm. were in high school. And then like, since then, I feel like a lot of it's kind of fallen by the wayside and uh, we need to bring some of it back. Well, I don't know about that. I I think, I think so. This movie deserves a resurgence. 
I mean, I think it deserves to be respected and it deserves to be appreciated, but uh, I think <laughs> it did it did what it had to do for its time. Yeah. And I think its time has passed. But uh, I, I just um, cannot believe the effect it had on the people in yeah. my school uh-huh. because I remember – I, okay, so this is how it played out. When he gets on the bus at the beginning – and the, uh, the little <laughs> boy's the like, figure on the fish line. Yeah. Like, the little boy's like, what are you going to do today, Napoleon? And he's like, whatever I feel, I feel like, like gosh. And I was, <laughs> and you were dying. And I was just like, oh, I think probably I've heard classmates of mine say that 50 billion times. I'm just oh, yeah. numb to it. Uh-huh. You know, like I, I just, it, this, this was like a phenomenon for a minute and a half. Yeah. And it's like there's no flashy celebrities. There's no super tailored makeup or anything. It's just a little slice of life film. It's a feel good film. It's a funny film. I don't know. It plays it. It plays with the simplicity and the minimalism of an Oscar bait kind of movie. Like I've seen movies that don't that are that are just kind of like little slices of life that are very honest and they're not too showy and it's not you know and. And and this is that's the kind of movie that goes up for an Oscar, and you know what I mean. Like this isn't that kind of movie, but I'm just you know what I mean. It just feels like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, this is like indie filmmaking at a level that I don't know. You know, it's hard to compare it to something else. And I immediately want to think of. Um, I don't want to do this, but I immediately think of Nacho Libre. And I, I feel like it's the same people that made this. That, yeah, no, that's what I'm. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. And I feel like they tried to catch that movie that, sucks. Yeah, catch that lightning in a bottle again, and it just didn't work. So I feel like this Napoleon Dynamite phenomenon is very much a diamond in the rough. I think it's. I don't think it's it's something that like had its prime and it worked out when it did, and it's just. It, it yeah. just worked, I guess I they had know. a they had a, a an animated. Yeah, they did show that, at one point and then it didn't work out. Flopped. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it is weird. It's just like I don't know why this worked. I don't know. We were talking about how it's, it's essentially timeless. I mean, it feels like it's yeah. in the eighties and nineties, but then you see on his ID, it's two thousand four, and that's, larger yeah. than life is playing, and that came out in ninety nine. And and that's another thing that I love about this movie is that it it definitely feels like they're set in the nineties, but I love the idea that it is 2004 and you're in this like small, I want to say like Arizona or something, this small little dry town, this dry hot town that is so, so aggressively rural that they're just so behind on the times that like they just haven't caught up to what's contemporary yet. So they're still, they're still playing Backstreet Boys and it's amazing. It works so well. Even the coolest kids in the school are still like playing Backstreet Boys. They're still yeah. like behind. I feel like there's a really interesting dynamic there, which I love. And they're still doing sign language to a large yeah. life. Like happy hands. And they think they're the coolest shit. They think yeah. they're the coolest things doing it. Like sure it's funny. Sure it's got compelling characters that I enjoy. But it's just charming. This is like a very charming movie. It it doesn't try to be anything it's not. It just it's just it's like weird and stupid and Yeah. I don't know. I I like how honest it is. That's that's a great word, honest. Like these people are so un, unapologetically themselves. And yeah. I, I like I think back to Deb, who is so uh, she's just so adorable 
And the scene where she's got the like sandwich bits on her mouth, asking where his locker is with peanut butter and jelly stuffed in her cheeks. And my absolute favorite part in this movie, it is genius writing, is when they're testing the strength of the Tupperware. And Uncle Rico does it so smoothly. And he's like, he gets the husband to do it. But then Kip puts it under his car and just makes it explode and rides away. That is so, that is pure genius. That was such a funny moment that is my all-time favorite moment of the movie so clever (laughs) that is a really funny part (laughs) i think i I love everything with lafonda oh yes oh my god yes their relationship is so amazing and how she kind of like fawns over him yes and like when and he's just like won't even look at her it's hysterical (laughs) i think i think there's a lot here i i can imagine there's going to be a lot of discussion about like how this movie came to be like how it started and how it developed i would love to look into that yeah i want to know like where this started and who had this brilliant idea and why they thought it would be successful and then maybe how it became successful i feel like the advertising for this movie came from its quotability and people's abilities to very easily imitate napoleon who's this like super nerd <laughs> yeah, uh, whose worst fear is being a freaking idiot and just trying to navigate high school in the best way he did he can and I don't know. I I'm excited to to research this. Yeah, I mean I, it's definitely a a cult phenomenon. I feel like our last real culty movie that was pretty much known as being a cult film was Rocky Horror and I I really enjoyed doing the research on that. So yeah. This should be good. This is a weird movie. Uh, you know, it's fun. I enjoyed it, but um, I just I don't. I'm not sure why or how. Or I'm I'm really glad that we did this because as soon as as soon as we turned it on, like you said, I think during the movie there were things that I forgot about. Yeah, F- plain and simple. Your mom goes to college. That was that was probably the number one quote from yeah. that movie. And I my jaw forgot. dropped. I was like, I Oh my God, I forgot about that. Like, I people know. said and that all the fucking time, all the time, yeah. all of the time. And, and the, the part with the action figure on the fishing line, like what, what was that even for? But it was there. <laughs> and I love that it was there. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know what he's trying to do. Uh, I just, uh, I'm glad that like as soon as as soon as we jumped into this, I'm like, this was the right decision. I missed this movie so, so much. He's certainly an iconic character. And I was talking uh, to you kind of during the movie, like right around when he pops up. And I was saying John Heater, like he had a little bit more of a career than I thought he would. You know, Mm -hmm. he was in a couple of movies right around that time. Like I remember seeing him in like. Blades of Glory and Benchwarmers. Yeah. And there was some like romantic comedies that that he was in. And then. Mm Uh, he kind of faded away. I don't know. I probably because he's so it's he's, it's not like he's exactly Napoleon Dynamite, but he's so clearly still. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's hard yeah. to shake that, you know, <laughs> um, but he that is so good. I mean, he's so funny and so yeah. like just so purely that character. He was like born <laughs> to play that. For whatever reason, I I don't know what we're doing. Can you just like before we end this, can you just pretend to be excited about take three? Hey, guys, I'm really excited that we're going to do Napoleon Dynamite. That was a mediocre try. I'm just going to end it there before we (laughs) before this gets any. Okay, so here's my here's my thing. Like this movie is so like I don't want to overcomplicate it. 
I'm sure that there are going to be people out there that we're going to look up and they're going to be like, actually, this is a metaphor for uh, the nuclear family and all that shit. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking complicate this movie with that no, shit. Like, I know not. that that's, that's what we do all the time is just make things more complicated. But this particular movie is just so simple. And it's like, but like, I, I feel like there are movies that we don't like, I, there aren't the the bulk of the episode is not finding themes and and motifs and stuff. I don't think that that's the direction that we go with this movie. I want to know more about like the process from how it was made, the effect that it had on pop culture, where the actors are now, how they got the job. Like there's stuff to research here. I don't I don't think that this movie was made to make a huge statement. I think it it was supposed to be simple. Okay. But I still think that there's stuff to research. Do you not agree? No, I do. Yeah, okay. I'll leave that when I see it. Take three. This movie was solved by a dance. Any kind of problem that was in the movie was just solved by that dance. The dance, yeah. you know, fixes the movie. Everything just turns out great after it. And I was, like, thinking, like, that's so strange. Like, what a weird way to, to win the day, you know? Yeah. Just through dancing. And you know what I was thinking about? You know what movie also ends and the heroes win with dancing? No. Guardians of the Galaxy. That as soon as it came out of your mouth, I was like, wait, Guardians, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's probably just as absurd, but it like totally works <laughs> for some reason. Or at least for me. <laughs> On the note of the dance, this is like a little fun fact. I think somewhere I saw that it was like, oh, you know, his wildest everyone's wildest dreams did come true after Pedro won. Cause like Oh my god. Uncle Rico got the girl and Napoleon and um, Deb were, you know, Yo, friends I, again. I and never thought Kip and LaFonda, you know. That is really cool. Okay. I thought that was cute, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and in that, I think, because uh, it's not in my notes, we just talked about it today. Uh, there's an in-credit scene that in all of the times I've watched this, I've never seen. And Kip and LaFonda get married. Yeah, I've seen uh, Napoleon comes in on a horse, Yeah, <laughs> which is totally appropriate. But uh, I remember seeing it a long time ago, but I did not rewatch it for for this. I think you'd brought it up today. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. So there were a couple of things. I just read it and they were like, there's an in credits scene. So I went and was just, okay, I still, I rented this movie yesterday and I still have it. I probably could have Googled it, but I watched it, you know, at the end of it. Two things. I thought it was really, really funny that when you look at the two sides of the family, the family, like LaFonda's family, there's the guy that's like holding his face like he knows, like they, he knows how ridiculous all of this is. Like LaFonda's <laughs> family is just not having it at all. I thought that was hysterical. And then him riding up on a stallion, he was like, I was just taming this stallion for you guys. I yeah. thought I thought I was gonna fall out of my chair. I thought that was so funny. It was super good. I don't ever want to come off like I do not appreciate this film. <laughs> this charming little movie, and you have this character that I think we could all learn a little bit from because he's like, just follow your heart. That's what I do. It's like, yeah, okay, <laughs> all right, Napoleon. He's such a dynamic character because he can immediately come off as abrasive and maybe even annoying. Because sometimes he's so bluntly honest or yeah. maybe he's uh, very sort of off-putting and not very friendly. But he does have this heart to him and he does have this lovability to him. So 
Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it goes back and forth the whole movie because like he does lie and he does say like the whole scene with the one percent milk. It's, it's kind of like we don't really say that yeah. to someone, but I know you mean well <laughs> because he um, does not have because he's so socially awkward. Like yeah. when you think of a socially awkward person, someone might immediately think someone who would hide in the corner. But Napoleon's socially awkward in the sense that I think it it takes away some of his inhibition. You know, he's got this bravery that is right. Really it's that shameless confidence yeah, that I was talking about yeah. in take two. There's just this, there's no barriers. There's no filters. He's just going to, you know. And he's also relatable. Do to do to, <laughs> I don't know that I was yeah. this age in doing this, but I remember being in elementary school and not necessarily having the filter that like you couldn't just say anything you wanted to. Uh <laughs> You know, probably, people will probably say I don't have much of a filter now, but like. <laughs> that's, that's why I left. <laughs> back in the day, I don't know. I just, it, to, I just remember in school just, just saying anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe I was in high school. Yeah, I was probably in high school, but <laughs> he's cool. Like I really, I really like this character. I don't know. You, you can't, Same. you can't do a sequel. You can't, I don't know. I just, I just wish that this character, well, I guess you could do a sequel, but. I don't know. I don't want a sequel. I, yeah, I just I, I just want more of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you uh, want to do your shit first or do you want me to do my shit first? You can do your shit first. I don't have too much. And the topics that you told me you looked up seemed uh, plentiful. So I think you have way more than I do. So Really? I'll let you go first. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I always talk about this. And this one is impressive. I talk about the box office. This movie costs $400,000 to make. That's That seems like a lot of money for this kind of movie. No, not really. Because by the time you, you know, pay some people and you rent access to certain places and, uh, you know, shut down a street or, you know what I mean? You get a camera, get camera gear, you pay all your crew and all that stuff. It for an independent film, prices can escalate really quickly. Hmm. But it made $46.1 million. So that's a return on their investment. Hold on. How much did it cost? 400000 400, I don't know why. You, you said 400000 For some reason in my head, I was thinking $400 million. That $400 million? Dollars. No movie costs $400 million. Well, that's why I was like, hold on. Something's not right here. But that, that okay. Yeah. That's, that's you know what I think? I think... I remember hearing that Infinity War and Endgame, because they were shot like back to back, had a combined of like 500 million. So, damn. <laughs> that would be damn. funny if, if, if Napoleon Dynamite cost $400 million. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know how that would work. What? I do know this started out at Sundance, didn't it? Um, so yeah, I, I was, uh, it, it definitely showed there. I don't know what its first thing was, but I do have that. It was an MTV film, which, you know, I I didn't, I was like, I don't know who owns this movie, but it was, Mm -hmm. uh, distributed and, uh, essentially they bought the distribution rights Fox searchlight, which is, uh, they, they're Fox's award shingle. Basically they can get their movies awards pretty often. Gotcha. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that. Disney didn't completely dissolve it uh, yet, at least. I think <laughs> no, because like I think when Disney bought or when Disney bought Fox, Disney doesn't really do awards. You know what I mean? Like they don't. Mm-hmm. That's just not their cup of tea. Their movies are normally like mass market movies, and it's not. You know, uh, an award movie might be a, need to be a little bit more daring. Yeah. You know, admittedly, Disney 
they don't have, they, their movies are more palatable to the masses than what is a typical award winner. And you know, there's definitely there's anomalies and stuff. But uh I like that Fox Searchlight seems to be still going and that now Disney has an award shingle. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but basically it, it won three golden popcorns, which is, uh, the MTV movie the MTV. awards, yeah, which yeah. is kind of like, okay, you guys produced this movie, uh, yeah. and then you want, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. but, uh, the breakthrough male performance, best musical performance, which I can only get, I couldn't find exactly what it was for, but I can only guess that it's candy. The dance sequence. Yeah. And yeah. then best movie. So that's good. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. And so you guessed Arizona, and I don't. It wasn't. Yeah, like like it I, wasn't. <laughs> I I don't think that they're even close. Uh, no, this this not. takes place in Preston, Ohio. I almost said in Preston, Idaho. Ohio. Idaho. Yes, I'm literally staring at this the word Idaho, and I said Ohio. <laughs> Does it not look like it could be in some like proximity to like a desert or? Yeah, yeah. It's very middle America feeling. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I was yeah. too off with my prediction. No, 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 no. I just meant geographically. Yeah, and it's a real city in Idaho. Yeah. Like it's shot in That's Preston. where Jared and Jerusa Hess, who are the married director, writer, and co-writer of this movie, that's where they live. Interesting. Yeah, and But I should have known that it was... What? I was going to say I should have known it was Preston because I think it says it on his ID. <laughs> I think it's, oh. it's Preston High. I think it's Preston High School is where yeah. it goes. And it, uh, that's apparently where Jared actually went to school. Oh, that's his, uh, uh, is it alma mater? Alma mater? Alma mater, what is that? yeah. What's that word? I don't know what alma mater means, but. But isn't it like that, when that's you, the school you went to? School. Went to. Yep. Yeah. So I was looking, I just wanted to know how big it was. As of the 2010 uh, census, the population is like just over 5,000 people. Oh my God. Is a small town. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. that It makes sense why they're a little bit behind on the uh, you know pop culture. That's really right. Funny. <laughs> and um, I think this is really cool too. Like obviously it was a big deal for them to have a movie shoot there, especially a movie that, you know, took over pop culture for a little bit. Uh, so for several years, the city held a Napoleon Dynamite Festival. No way. There were a bunch of different like activities that were featured after things in the film. Like there's a tetherball tournament, a moon boot <laughs> dance, uh, a lookalike <laughs> contest, football throwing, tater tot eating. That sounds incredible. Yeah, I'm bummed that I missed that because that would have been <laughs> freaking awesome. <laughs> Like in the town where it, I don't know, like that, that's pretty cool. I think they said something like um, their biggest turnouts were like 300 people, but it was still like uh, a huge deal for them, you know? Yeah, that's super yeah. cool. Jared and Jerusha Hess, they uh, were in a film program at Brigham Young University. And they made, in 2002, they made the short film called Palooka. And it's basically a black and white version of some of the key scenes in napoleon dynamite and it sucks like i it's just not i think his name is like seth or something but doesn't it have john heater yeah as... yeah yeah i just don't <laughs> like it it's like now i have a question i saw in one of the interviews that he did with someone they mentioned how he made or they gave him a thousand dollars to do this yeah and now I'm wondering, was that for the movie or was that for the short film? For the movie. I, I'd imagine they wouldn't have had any money to do this short film with. Do you think? Yeah, 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 I would almost guarantee it. Having seen the movie and seen like the more produced version of these scenes, 
it very much feels like a school project. I mean, and it was, you know, but not yeah. a particularly good one. But good on them for turning it into something that's like revolutionary. Really awesome. Yeah. I looked a little bit into what Napoleon was based on. And apparently uh, Jared Hess had said that Napoleon was based on uh, like this hybrid of all of his brothers and how awkward they were when they were younger and, and him. And that Deb was actually based on Jerusha. Oh. This is like a really funny story. So apparently her mom uh, made a dress for this middle school dance. And she said that she hadn't really like developed quite yet. Uh, so she made these big puffy shoulders on the dress and that <laughs> someone actually said to her, I like your sleeves. They're real big. That's amazing. That was an actual line from real life. <laughs> Isn't that fucking awesome? That is awesome. That's cool. That made me very happy. <laughs> the first thing that grabbed me and it's understandable because it's the first thing we see. I, I love the opening credit sequence and Oh, yeah. They were not actually part of the original film. In fact, they were filmed as a direct response to test screening, claiming that they didn't understand when the film took place. Yeah, okay. So even though it's really clear that the people in this town are extremely behind the times anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, so Aaron Ruel, who I don't know how you pronounce that, but he plays Kip, suggested that they do a title sequence and date it a bit with like products and that kind of thing. Um, which they did. They yeah. did a great job yeah. doing that. It and certainly set the tone of the film. Then they obviously have the ID card uh, that says this movie mm -hmm. takes place the uh, the year it came out, which is 2004. But mm -hmm. uh, apparently it was all John Heater at first. Uh, in the beginning. His hands, you mean? Yeah, it was all of his hands. But then I guess an executive or somebody important over at Fox said that the hands were kind of gross looking, that they were like, oh, yeah. And it, it was John Heater's hands. What are you going for? Do you want these like immaculate, beautiful hands for this movie? Yeah. Like, have you seen this movie? I don't know. But uh, I think Jared has said something like, you know, this was kind of like the first time I'd ever interacted with any of these people. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to be a, a diva in demand like, oh, no, we're keeping this. You know, it's like, OK, send us a hand model. They send a <laughs> hand model and he's like apparently uh, darker than John Heater. They did not match his complexion at all. So by the end God. of it, there are three different sets of hands in this thing. There's the <laughs> hand models, John Heater's, and then apparently one of the producers filled in some of the gaps. Um, Why does it matter? Like. It could have been different hands every single time, and I don't think I would have thought differently about it. I well, don't know why that was important. So, like, if the original idea of it was to just have John Heater's hands, then, like, I can but, understand uh, them being like, oh, well, the point is to have Napoleon's hands there, and regardless of what they look like, he's this character that clearly is not, you know, very well kept. Uh, but I don't know. I, I feel like that doesn't really do anything for his character. It's not like I think that's that's a strange decision. I don't know why. What, is, what do you mean? Having us directly reference John Heater in the beginning or, or Napoleon in the beginning. Like, well, I don't know why that matters at all. Well, it's just because he's grabbing things like his the, the pencils that he draws with his chapstick. But it's not like he's ID the card. only like. For his wallet, sure. I think that makes sense because um, he's pulling out his ID and everything. But like, I don't think John Heater is this uh, is, like stands out from his environment. I think everyone in this environment is pretty similar. And I feel like you could have everyone from this setting or anyone from this setting 
doing like pulling plates off a table. Well, like, I, I don't no, understand. I mean that's what they resigned to anyway. I think that what yeah, the, I, I, the yeah. point of it was is just that what they were originally going for was, I guess, to have John Heater do all of it, and it wound up being three different people by the end of it. Interesting. But they, you know, I think that's probably why they were like not a big deal because it, you know, it doesn't really matter. It, yeah, it really doesn't. That's, <laughs> I kind of like the idea that it's... Okay, like, I'll just cut this whole part out then. Thank no, you, No, I'm, I'm not... I'm not, like, blaming you. I'm saying that they wanted it to be a specific way. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, I feel like it should have been a bunch of different hands and not just John Heaters. I'm not... You did a good job with this. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I don't care. Um, back to my favorite part of the entire movie, the dance. Apparently spontaneous uh yeah it was all just improvised uh, he had yeah. a little bit of uh help learning some choreography just a little bit but they were just like just dance just kind of wing it apparently there were three different songs because they're like we're an indie movie there's no way in hell we're gonna um be able to to secure jamarokai i guess is i like i love Jamiroquai. that band but i i don't know how to pronounce i feel like i didn't think it's jamarokai jamarokai but but I could be wrong. <laughs> Watch me pronounce it wrong too. Well, that's that was how more confident. You said Jamiroquai, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, I love them. But they were like, so we danced to three different songs. Uh, that one, and then another Jamiroquai song called Little L, and then it was a Michael Jackson song. Says something off of Off the Wall. Um, oh, but and then he said uh, we got the rights to Jamiroquai, uh, and then I think that was half of our budget. <laughs> So that's 200,000 of it. It's well, hold up. crazy how much it costs to get the rights to music. I have, but I mean, larger I, than I life they were able to get, huh? They were able to get larger than life. Well, it was probably part of it as well. I was part, probably another, uh, you keep talking about the budget of this, of this one song. And I'm like, I'm, I keep wanting to, I thinking that you're going to bring up the backstreet boys song. And I was like, that had to be astronomical. If, I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, I'm sure a lot of this money, because like, I mean, I don't think it's hundreds of thousands, but I mean, it's priced us out of uh, a lot of the the smaller movies that I've worked on. Has It's priced us out of being able to get any sort of rights to songs that, yeah. you know, it, it's a lot of times it's not worth it. It's, it's worth paying someone to go in there and... Uh, kind of write something inspired by it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Somebody local yeah. or something. But obviously that, that scene is just, it's the best scene in the movie in my opinion. So it's worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm certainly glad that they <laughs> paid for them. Cause yeah. I think both of those songs make, make a very big impact for that movie. What was the, uh, what was the other Jamiroquai song? Little L. I've never heard of that. Me either. I look it up. Little L like E L L E. No, just like the letter L. Oh, interesting. Alrighty. Yeah. I'll have to look that up later. We will see. It, it's uh, like I, you're right, because that is interesting because I kind of want to see him dancing to another, you know, like those dance moves with another yeah. song and see if it works as well. Because it just uh -huh. feels like it, to, he said that they, they cut together the best parts of, you know, him dancing to all three songs. And it's like, mm -hmm. uh, I wonder if it plays as well, you know? Um, okay. So I have some stuff like, okay. We had talked about the, the quotability of this thing. And mm -hmm. I just wanted to talk to you about like 
if you remember these quotes. Well, obviously you do because you were saying the entire movie as we were watching it. So he does this with movies that he knows. And apparently I'm the only person in his life that doesn't absolutely hate it. I think it's funny. My family gets so frustrated. (laughs) I like it. I think it's funny when you do it. My memory is absolute shit. However, I feel like that's because it is filled with useless stuff. I can quote childhood movies from beginning to end. Yeah. Like it's like it's my job. Like someday we'll remember. do Cat in the Hat and it'll Oh my and we'll God. be able to Who somebody message us if you want us to do Cat in the Hat cuz we fucking love that movie. There's got to be people out there that like Cat in the Hat. That one and Shrek 2, they're masterpieces. Okay. Nobody would argue with us about Shrek 2. It's like one of the most celebrated animated movies. But like Cat in the Hat, no. people, there are a lot of people that don't like Cat in the Hat. Well, then they're fascists. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's I and it's it's it was funny watching this movie because it was like I I didn't remember that I remembered these things until they happened, and then everything just kind of flooded back. Yeah, as the movie went on, it was just oh, it was amazing. It was a great feeling. I noticed one thing though. Uh, the the quoting is better when we're together versus when we are watching it together online. <laughs> was it was yeah. it off sync? Yeah, because like you would <laughs> like they would say it and then you would say it just a second later, and I'm like I'm not sure what's going on. Okay, so like Tina, you fat lord, come get some dinner. That was like huge. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then. Okay, so I also messaged you not too long ago and was like, "Can I give you this list and you actually say them like he does?" Because I, I do it. I can't do it. I can't do his voice. He's like a friggin' twelve gauge. What do you think? Like, (laughs) I, I thought that was so funny when he's just like made this huge concoction of this ridiculous story up and he's committed Uh to it. Just yeah, like what the fuck? I thought that I really love that. I see you drinking 1%. Is that because you think you're fat? Yeah. Because you're not. You could be drinking whole if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Definitely been something you did. (laughs) Wait, what? I said this should definitely be a section that you brought up versus me. But uh, (laughs) are you just bringing up the quotes of the movie? Yes. A lot of these are just words too. Like, gosh, an idiot. Yeah. Lucky. (laughs) You got shocks, pegs, lucky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and make yourself a dang quesadilla. Like, I had no oh, idea yes. where that was from. And in my adult life, people have said things like that. <laughs> and I'm like, where the hell? Uh, your mom goes to college. We talked about the fact that that is that, that literally, like, my heart stopped when we watched or when we when we saw that. I was like, oh, my God, I completely forgot it. Yeah. Um, but when I uh, – when I was in high school, uh, senior year, I ran for class president. Class president, right? And I was running against two girls that I knew both would beat me. Like I, there was never any delusion that I was going to win this. Maybe like a little tiny bit, I thought like there was a possibility that you know maybe if one of them died or something. Both two really amazing girls, uh, <laughs> but like I, I had uh, signs. That I would put around, you know, like vote for Nick or something. And there was one sign I remember that said uh, it would be like vote for Karen and it would cross out. Vote for Cameron, cross out. And then vote for Pedro, cross out. And then it was like vote for Nick. 
And I thought that was like uh, 17-year-old me thought that was the coolest fucking thing ever. I was like, this is going to be what wins it. This is going to be – everybody's going to be like, oh, he's had vote for Pedro. Did you win? No, I didn't win. I told, <laughs> I told you this story several times. I basically – like my last speech, I wound up just saying just vote for whoever you want to. Like this is not – I swear to God, uh, I don't know if who – other than Stacy, who actually I want to talk about in just a second, who else can corroborate this story or if she even remembers? But in my last speech, I played the piano. There was a we were at chapel or whatever, and I went da da da, and then that I like that was the end of my speech. I kind of like just you played like four notes on a piano. Yep, and I gave up. I mean, like I had a little bit of a speech that was like when I I said you know vote for anybody. I don't. It doesn't matter. Like. <laughs> Whoever you want to, uh, but yeah, that was that was another thing. Um, this might be too much information about Nick. Um, okay, my favorite quote in the entire movie. I know you already said yours. Mine was he was like, "Stay home and eat all the freaking chips, Kip." I can't do it. I can't do any of these fucking quotes. But like when he eats all the chip, I thought that was so funny. Oh my god, Napoleon. I just love Napoleon Dynamite. I love that character. He is so funny. Don't be jealous that I've been chatting online with babes all day. <laughs> See, okay, can you guys imagine that he? I I had a list of quotes that I would have completely. I mean, I, half of them I didn't even read because I can't do them, and you can do all of them, and you refuse to. So if that last section was shit, you can blame one person, and its name is Jordan. I'm not your circus monkey. I'm not asking you to perform for me. I was asking you to perform for them. <sighs> Whatever. Uh, I Okay, I also want to talk about my school had a happy hands club, but it was actually called Signs of Glory because I went to a religious school. And they would do it with contemporary Christian music. So like, you know, sometimes in like chapel. Like Christian rock? Yeah, like uh, casting crowns and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, which yeah. like back in the day, they rocked hard, man. You know what I mean? Like, Hell, yeah. You know, I mean, I, um, heck, heck, heaven, yeah. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't mind uh, contemporary Christian music. You know, Honestly, like, no. I, like the ideals of a very oppressive, organized religion is something that I am not too uh, that makes me uncomfortable or whatever. I think just because of my experience with that school, but like <clears throat> the music, certainly it was good. I liked it. I thought it was fun. But they would do it at, um, oh my god, they would do it at homecoming and. So our homecoming, we didn't have a well, we didn't have a big football team at the time. So our homecoming was during a basketball game, and there was I don't know if the, how many times they did this. I was on the homecoming committee, so I was like there and and doing stuff. But they they would have black lights, and the girls had white gloves, and they were like wearing black completely. So it was just a bunch of hands. They turned all the lights off. It was oh, yeah, freaking clever. wicked. Yeah, though, that seems cool. It was really cool. Yeah, it was like much cooler than what they do in this movie. Like I, I, huh. I liked it. Um, but the whole story wraps back around to Stacy, was who was our guest on the Lord of the Rings episode, was actually in mm-hmm. it. That's, so did she do the black light gloves? Thing? I think I think she was in it at that point in time. I'll That's ask awesome. her, but um, I think or well, I I think. I think she hasn't given up on this podcast yet. <laughs> Stacy, if you uh, when you hear this, text me and let me know if you did the black the black light one because <laughs> I remember y'all that they did that stuff. Um, and that was just really See, cool. 
I went to a Catholic school for a few years mm-hmm. and went to Catholic mass every Sunday for the majority of my childhood and teens. And we didn't sing <laughs> uh, Christian rock. We sang out of hymnals <laughs> that were played by an organ. And there is nothing you can say that is going to make me feel remotely bad for you when it comes to, to schooling. No, I'm, You're, I'm I've been looking. to your high school. It is freaking incredible. No, so high school was so uh, two years at elementary school, middle school, and high school was public. I'm not, I'm not looking for sympathy here. I'm just saying that like I, we did not. Christian rock is not something that we do normally yeah. in a Catholic mass. And any Catholics listening to this know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. But well, I've um, seen what what plays have I seen at your school? Chorus line, like they mm-hmm. they've done some some plays that are that wouldn't even be entertained at our school. Yeah, we didn't even have like I think they do now, but we didn't even have a drama, like we didn't even have plays at our school back in the day. We were Shout so out small. to PHS Harlequins. Yeah, they're doing a great job. You guys rock. I Way did. better than when I was there. We had some not so great drama teachers <laughs> when I was there, but the uh, administration has stepped up their game now. So good job. Every time I've ever seen a play there, it's been amazing. Absolutely love it. Um, okay, honestly, I think I'm probably done. So I'm ready for oh. this episode to take a, a deep dive in quality. Um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> and you want to just stop it now so we can, you know, yeah, let's just spare the listeners. I, so I have one more thing, but I kind of want to save it to the end because it's going to, it's going to, I don't even want to say it, but like, I just kind of want to save it to the end. Okay. Uh, a few interesting facts. Um, both Efren Ramirez and John Heater, they're both identical twins. Both of them have twin brothers. That's really cool. Yeah. So I, I, through my research, found out that John Heater was an identical twin. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then later found out that Efren Ramirez had an identical twin as well. And I'm like, that's crazy. That's Pedro <laughs> that's for people who insane. don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. He yeah. plays Pedro. Uh, for the movie... Um, John Heater's hair, that was his real hair, but it was permed. So that's not, his hair's not that naturally curly. It was a, it was a decision. A great <laughs> a decision. Because that's, it was. Choices. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and I read an interesting article, and this was in 2008, so I don't know how accurate it is nowadays. But it is a story about this guy named uh, Len Bertoni. And he studied Netflix algorithms which are basically if you're not familiar it's sort of the code that netflix and hulu and really anything like advertising and stuff uses to analyze a user's watching habits and helps predict like what to recommend to that user like uh, it's it's that thing it's the section where it's like oh you watched this you might like this yeah kind of thing um netflix way back when had a contest that had a prize of one million dollars to whomever could come up with an updated and improved version of the algorithm that existed. And the task was to make their algorithms 10% more successful. Bertoni gave it a try and he got to around 8% improvement before he started hitting roadblocks. And the, the movie that put the kink in this chain was Napoleon Dynamite. Because when he ran his algorithms on like other blockbuster movies, he was usually able to predict 
they were able like they have star ratings on netflix and he was able to predict them within eight tenths of a star but with films like napoleon dynamite he was off by an average of 1.2 stars and there's only five stars in the netflix rating system so 1.2 stars is a lot the other movies that caused these roadblocks uh included i heart huckabees lost in translation the aquatic life with steve zissau (laughs) really weird movies I've not seen any of these movies. Uh, Sideways was another one, and Kill Bill Volume 1, which is the only movie oh, wow. out of these movies that I've seen. Not your typical movie. I can understand how maybe that would be hard to predict, you know, whether yeah. or not someone's going to enjoy something like that. It's this very specific kind of taste. Niche movies. Yeah, they yeah, yeah, like. yeah. Uh, but they, they termed this phenomenon uh, the Napoleon Dynamite problem. Oh, really? That's sort of, it's, yeah, it's the phrase that's used to describe like quirky films like Napoleon Dynamite and these other movies. They prove difficult for researchers to create algorithms that are able to predict whether or not a viewer will like a certain film because it is so unpredictable and like it's human nature versus, you know, artificial intelligence, that kind of thing. Uh, But it sort of paved the way for more indie films like this to kind of become more successful and it allowed movie makers to take bigger chances. And I think that's how uh, like movies like um, uh, Little Miss Sunshine and like Juno were able to be super successful. That's another movie. uh, Little Miss Sunshine. That's a movie that like uh, it's kind of like solved. You're just waiting for the, for the performance at the end. Have you ever seen Little Miss Sunshine? (laughs) I've seen bits and pieces. I've not seen Have it you all seen the way end? through. Uh, no, but the movie's I, worth I, it just for the end. It's so good. I know the basic premise is Abigail Breslin is trying to f- go to a pageant or something, and she dances at the end. But I've not seen the dance. I don't. I think, think you'd like it. I want to watch. It. I think the cast is spectacular. I'm a huge Tony Collette fan. And, yeah. Um, and then one one thing to kind of tie back to what you're saying in the beginning about how the dance kind of solved everything. Yeah. I think it's interesting for Napoleon's character being so overly confident and feeling maybe there's an insecurity there because he feels the need to lie about so many things about being good with the bow staff or spending the summer hunting wolverines with a 12 gauge in Alaska. Yeah. Like clearly those things are not correct he feels the need to fabricate things to seem cooler than he is to maybe fit in and i feel like even that ostracizes him more so i there's some kind of disconnect there hey but okay i'm sorry what no 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 i just thought of something like the end credit sequence kind of recontextualizes that because maybe he's telling the truth if he was able to just tame a stallion (laughs) there's yeah there's a uh yeah, there's. I guess that's a conspiracy theory. He rides up. Yeah, if you if you haven't seen the end credit sequence, he essentially it's it's Kevin LaFonda's wedding, and Napoleon has tamed a stallion for them to ride off in the the, the distance, a horse. And um, that's that's a great point. I feel. I hope that that was intentional. To I, I hope that that was a way for the directors to be like, hey, like maybe he kind of was telling the truth about these things. Yeah, kind of validate some of the ridiculous shit he was saying. Yeah, I'm so yeah. sorry to interrupt you. I just thought I was like, oh my god. Okay, no, you're you're fine. But I think what's interesting is he uh, meets Deb and kind of finds this source of light in his life. I feel like he doesn't get along with his brother. I feel like he doesn't get along with his grandmother. 
Uh, there's obviously some tension in the family. And then clearly like this horrible, horrible uncle. I cannot stand Uncle Rico. I think he's a terrible person. I don't feel happy that he lives alone in a van. I don't like that his wife or I assume that we're supposed to, I, I assume that we're supposed to assume that the woman that came back in the end was the, the woman that he was talking to Kip about, about how they separated. But they were not sitting beside back. each other at the wedding. Were they she not was sitting a row behind him? That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know though. I just thought about I like I saw that and was thinking, oh, maybe they weren't. Sick. I don't know, but we'll see. Mm. Well, so here comes Deb, who is this this source of happiness in his life. He it's it's something that's different, and he suddenly wants to maybe connect with her, but maybe doesn't really know how. You can tell that there's some tension when. Pedro mentions that he asks her out to the dance. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, well, who am I going to ask out? And um, I feel like that Deb might have been his first choice. And um, it's interesting how the thing that he actually does practice is dancing. And his dancing is eventually what ends up saving the day. It's 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 it kind of what saves every. It's It's the solution to the quote unquote problem in this movie yeah, is the thing that he actually puts attention and dedicated work into. And after that happens, it kind of wins over Deb. So I think that was sort of an interesting concept. It was sort of an interesting turning point. But then again, at the end he says, uh, I, I caught you a delicious bass. And then she just kind of smiles and then they play tetherball. And it's <laughs> adorable. It's, it's this adorable scene. It's maybe like saying that he doesn't really like nothing's really changed. Like that's just who he is. Uh, one thing I didn't like, though, is that I wish there was some kind of closure with Deb and Napoleon. I don't – it seems weird to me that um, that this dance alone could have changed her mind. Though maybe maybe that says something about her and her trust in him. I don't know. That's that's interesting. I think after think after all of this, after all of these things that have gone down, it would have it's very believable that they could have had a conversation where he was like, "That was Uncle Rico telling you that." Like yeah. I I didn't want you to, and then she would immediately believe him because she obviously likes him. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're yeah. they, you know they don't have too many other people in their lives. I think she'd be pretty uh, pretty receptive to an apology. Yeah, yeah. Regardless, I love them both. I love that they, you know, had their happily ever after at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it for me. That was my page of research. Okay, good job to you. Way to go. Good job. Thanks. I'm sorry. I'm in like a lot of pain with my leg and I'm like, <sighs> so I, I just had one thing that I wanted to bring up and I made this entire list um, and I don't want to tell you if it makes I don't want to tell you how I react because I think it'll give away the answer to what I'm going to ask you. Okay. So I saw Napoleon Dynamite's Rotten Tomatoes score and I was like I wonder how that relates to all the movies that we've done. Um, relates as in compares? Yeah. Yeah, okay. compares is the better word. Good job. So upon looking that up, Napoleon is towards the bottom. But for like, I want to go through some of them just because I think it's interesting to uh, to look at like some of the highest rated movies that we've done. Mm -hmm. But I saw that amidst all twenty six of these, this is our twenty fifth uh, full episode, and then I also added the lobster in, which is uh, <laughs> our collaboration with 
we explain movies. Uh, if you don't know about it by now, I just, I don't even know what to tell you guys. Like, just go, just look on our website. But uh, there's one rotten movie that we've done out of all of them. Do you know what it is? Do you, can you guess what it is? I can guess, yeah. Take a guess. Is it Solo? No. Oh, it's not Solo. It's not Solo. Would you mind if I referenced my our Instagram so I can see all of them laid out in front of me? Would you judge me if I did that? Yeah, I don't. It doesn't matter. That's fine. Oh, it could be several of these. Okay, my other guess is Rocky Horror. Nope. Or um, Blair Witch. Nope. Okay, now I'm really... Is it Godzilla? Can I... I think I could tell you how how I reacted to this and this might help. Sure. I was heartbroken. Was it It Halloween? shattered me. What? Couldn't have been Halloween. No. God, now... Okay, do I just list all of the movies? I'm really bad at this. I don't know. There's Uh, one movie on here. The Village. It was The Village, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I should have known that to begin with. I'm 43% sorry. on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm so sorry. I don't understand. I never will understand. I love that fucking movie. I mean, yeah, I, I I feel like in that episode we encouraged people to to go give that one a second chance. And I hope I hope people did. Yeah. But yeah. top five favorite know. movies of all time. So now that we've gotten that depressing note out of the way, I'm just curious if you can guess what the highest rated movie we've ever done is. Uh, Infinity War? No. I'm really bad at this. Uh, Shape of Water? Nope. Matrix? Nope. Logan? <laughs> nope. Silence of the Lambs? You skipped really, right over it. I don't really know. Oh, Jurassic Park? No. Am I going to be heartbroken to know that this is like... A really, this is the highest rated movie that we've done. I don't think so. No, why you? So it's not The Shining. No, 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 no. Okay, Lord of the Rings. It is in turn one of our least successful episodes. Rear Window. Yeah, Rear Window is the highest rated movie that that is done. It has a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It is. It is hailed as one of the greatest movies of all time. That isn't that crazy? I mean, like I, I knew that it was hailed by that, but I, I had never put numbers to all these movies. So I'm going to go through them if you're cool with that, just to end the episode yeah. on that. Sure. We loved Napoleon Dynamite. This was a blast. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry we talked about so many other things. <laughs> so episode eight is Rear Window. That's at 100. Episode 14, okay. Silence of the Lambs. That was 96%. Logan okay. is in third at 93, but it's also tied with several other movies. Us is also at 93. Lord of the Rings is 91, 95, and 93. So that kind of averages out since we did the trilogy all to 93. Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. and Shape well, of Water. Well, that would average to 92. 91, 95, and 93? You said 91, 92, 93. I'm sorry. 91, 95, and 93. Sorry. Well, maybe you said five. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> sorry. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Doesn't matter. No, you're right. Uh, you're right. Yeah. Pulp Fiction and Shape of Water at 92. Jurassic Park's at 91. 10 Cloverfield Lane's at 90. So like – Oh, I'm glad that that one's so high. Without thinking about this, we have chosen – we've chosen a lot of like really – movies. Yeah. Like completely yes. by accident. We did not uh-huh. – you know, we just thought, okay, people would want to listen to us talk about this. We have great taste in movies then, I, I guess. think so, except one of my favorite movies is fucking rotten on this list. <laughs> it's the only rotten movie. Uh, you'll be happy to know 
that 10 Cloverfield Lane has a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. That Okay, that thrills me, but now I'm really concerned about Annihilation. Oh, no, it's it's coming. Hereditary okay. is 89. Lobster in the Matrix and Annihilation are all 88. Oh, yay. Blair Witch is 87. It is 86. These are all, like, my favorite movies. I love these. Yeah. 85 is Shining. So is Infinity War. Okay. Rocky Horror Picture Show is 80. Scream is 79. Uh, Halloween is also 79. Halloween 2018. Uh, uh-huh. Godzilla uh, is a 75. I was certain. I was like, oh, that's going to be our lowest rated one. Just because <laughs> I know people had a problem had problems with that. But I guess not. Um, not as many. You know, th- These are all you know, fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. V for Vendetta is 72. Interstellar is 72. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite is 71, Uh Solo is 70, and then The Village, 43%. Those last couple surprised me. The Village, not so much, because I know that that movie just was not as well-received. I disagree with it, but I'm not surprised. But those last few, the the fact that they're in the 70s. Well, I mean, 70s is still fresh, you know? Like, that's that's, that's good. Uh, 70% of people liking this. I mean... It is it is damn near impossible to get a movie you know uh, as high in the eighties and nineties because like if you if you don't know what Rotten Tomatoes is not that you don't but if people don't it's not like a site that just that just reviews movies they're like a there's like a review aggregator so yeah. they just everybody that that is you can either be a critic or like a fan review and or like like an audience review and if you are if you have like a, a a, a certification to review movies on Rotten Tomatoes. You would submit your review. You would uh, rate it however um, however you wind up doing. I mean, some people rate it with thumbs. Some people rate it with star. You know, like five, one out of five, or you know, one through five, one through ten. However, and then uh, based on whether or not that's a positive or a negative review, uh, Rotten Tomatoes basically takes a number uh, like however many reviews there are however many positive reviews that's the percentage score you have so right. every review for rear window that is on rotten tomatoes is positive at least uh, if if it is it's like a negligible amount of you yeah, know yeah that's that's fascinating yeah. that's really cool yeah. in my opinion but like honestly the reason i brought this up is cuz i was expecting napoleon dynamite to be Lower, lower on the or like, I was expecting it to have a lower Rotten Tomato score than I thought, and I was like actually really impressed by the fact that it was in the seventies and that it's fresh and that's really cool. And then I saw yeah. that the village was, you know, uh, not <laughs> did terribly. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna make a list. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, that was a fun game, and I think it's a way for people to see the past episodes that they have. So any new least uh, episodes that we have, so yeah. if there are any new listeners here. Uh, you should go check out our past episodes. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine episodes with a ninety percent or above. Uh, so it's like, it's not just Killing like it. our nerdy movies that we like to talk about or whatever. These are like actually good <laughs> movies that we accidentally picked. Um, <laughs> you say that when you say that, you sound sarcastic. We legitimately. Did no, not. There was this is never just that we. Yeah, there was never a factor of like, okay, this movie has a high Rotten Tomato score, 
or just even like this movie got great reviews. It was like, oh, we like this movie. I genuinely love most of these films, you know? Yeah. No, this was, I know we talked a lot about other things, but I, I do also genuinely like this movie. If I've not said that enough, this episode, um, I had a blast. Yeah. Good job. Way to go. It was fun. Good choice. You as well. Impressed. I'm, I'm excited. So next week we're going to do, um, something that, uh, we're going to try to do something that's like Thanksgiving themed, I guess. Right. We're going to still do that. There's a plethora them? of Thanksgiving movies that we're going to talk about. So, cause there are so many that exist. So look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like we have something, we have a Thanksgiving episode, uh, planned yeah. and then that's not what it is about. So, <laughs> uh, and then we'll be back in December, I guess, I guess it'll be December the next time, like after two. Yeah, I guess so. Well, yeah, it would be December. Yeah. What's cool. our first what's our first December movie, do you know? Home Alone. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's gonna and be fun. Yeah. It should be so, fun. So yeah, yeah, next next uh episode you see from us will be a Thanksgiving episode, but then like a full movie we're gonna do Home Alone one and two. So Yep. Yep. Okay, cool. Uh thank you everybody for listening. What are you doing? Oh, nothing. Nothing. I'm good. He just covered one of his eyes. Is it your macular degeneration? Is it bulgy? Yeah, it's bulgy. I have a, a macular degeneration in one eye. And you named um, it. <laughs> you named it. Oh, did I? I think yeah, that was oh, okay. absolutely yeah, your yeah, idea. Yeah, I but um I, I think I was looking at something on my screen for too long and I got afraid that like it had grown to where like there's a dark spot now in my vision. And I think it's just like a like one of those shadows where you look at something too long and then I'm okay. I'm good. I think so. That would be cool if we chopped off my leg and ripped out one of your eyes. No, I can still see. It's just there's just a little bit of a, like a bump get, in my we're vision. We're gonna have to cut it out. Scoop it out. Cut what out? My I eye. Kill Bill, you and rip it out. God, that is one of the most disturbing scenes. Bitch, you don't have a future. Bam. <laughs> it's one of the most disturbing scenes in cinema, but like it's one that I cannot look away from. It's one of the best scenes ever. So after the after watching the entire movie with Briley, who is Shelly, our guest on Scream's daughter, the little girl who I she's my I guess she's like my my technically my cousin, but uh, Jack Landers, yeah, she's amazing, uh, and she's four now. Uh, but she was three at the time after showing her all of Kill Bill. That was the only part she didn't like. And she was only okay with it after I was like, oh, it's not real. Your eyes are safe. Like, nobody's going to. This is, this is also the child that was disappointed that she didn't see Bill's heart Bill's explode, heart explode yeah. at the end. <laughs> she was like, wait, I was about to explode. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That child scares me. I fucking love her. That she genuinely scares me. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the 25th episode of Take 3, a movie podcast. It was produced and edited by Jordan Sato and Nicholas Crawford. To find more episodes like this, you can visit us at take3amp.com, that's the number three, and on the front page of that website, you'll find links to our Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, and our new merch shop. If you visit any one of those links and support us, I can guarantee you that all of your wildest dreams will come true. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening, and we will be back next week. 